Well, good morning to you all. And I hope you noticed this morning when you came in, the crocuses are popping up through the garden. I know it's a sunny but cold morning, but you're all very welcome and warm in here. A couple of additional um, intimations this morning. The prayer group will meet here straight after the service this morning. And as you can see, we're celebrating communion. And um, the EMMS International, one of the oldest international Christian healthcare charities in the world, has launched an urgent appeal to tackle the worst source of cholera outbreak in Malawi. They're looking for £160,000 as quickly as possible to install clean running water and sanitation in 14 healthcare centres, also to improve their mission hospitals. So our closing collection this morning is going to, to this appeal. So dig deep this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yes, I think I should be in. I think it's, it's, we, we, we better love technology. It's part of life. <laughs> uh, for those who are joining us from home or online or later on, please have your communion bread and wine ready for we will be having communion together. One of the things that I wish I could always do is to listen to someone else reading psalms. Now here is a psalm, I'm not the best reader, but here is one of the psalms and I want you to go back uh, home and maybe find it. You tell me if we meet during the week when I come visit or if we meet uh, somewhere else, which psalm I read from. So here is the psalm that we find in the Bible. Lord, you have been merciful to your land. You have made Israel prosperous again. You have forgiven your people's sins and pardoned all their wrongs. You stopped being angry with them and held back your furious rage. Bring us back, O oh God, our Savior, and stop being displeased with us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will, will your anger never cease? Make us strong again, and we, your people, will praise you. Show us your constant love, O oh Lord, and give us your saving help. We join our voices together as we sing 160, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven.
please be, dis- be seated and let's draw near to God in prayer. Shall we pray together? <clears throat> Loving and listening God, as we gather into this day of worship to sing for your praises, to learn and grow together, to dwell in difficult words of scripture, may your presence be felt by each and every one of us. You are God, our creator. Sometimes we take for granted and we are so used to having you around us, but we acknowledge that you are God. You are our father. Now with every new discovery of signs, every new galaxy of stars that ever more powerful telescopes reveal more We have to deliberately think about you and give up thinking altogether that we have everything in our hands and everything altogether. In wonder and amazement, we take a moment to look at your creation, to think of your creation, to think of the people, the different people you have created. Oh, Father. If our words could describe you or our doctrines define you, you would not be God and we would be alone without hope. We pray this morning that you grant us mercy, Lord. As we gather this day, we lay before you the things that we have done wrong and the things that we should have done but didn't. We lay before you the words that we've said in hurt and anger as well as the words that we chose not to speak in defense or in the name of justice. You have touched our lives through your grace and in gratitude we respond. Help us to put our hand again in yours in simple trust and quiet confidence and eager expectation, knowing that whatever we face And wherever we may find ourselves, you will hold us firm. You have touched our lives through your grace, and you will not stop now. You continue to go with us, to go ahead of us, and continue to call us to come and follow you. May we go forward knowing that we are forgiven. We are loved and free. Be with us as we wrestle with today's texts. Be with us as we wrestle with our emotions. Be with us as we share our thoughts and feelings with one another and with you. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. (coughs) This morning we are continuing with the theme of mission. And I think one of the things that we're going to be exploring today is how can we become the missional church? 
And I think before you start to even think otherwise, let me remind you that when I talk of missional church, I'm not talking of this building being missional. It can. But I'm talking of you and me and how we can make a difference in the world where we live. Now we're going to, to read two passages this morning that speaks about one of the churches in Acts and is the church in Antioch. And I think one of the amazing things that you come across in the passage that we are reading is how the first, the early believers in the book of Acts and in Antioch were called Christians. Now we are told in verse 28 that the world started to say to them, they are Christians. In other words, they gave the believers in Antioch a nickname called Christians. And today we claim we are Christians, right? How many of us are Christians? And of course, I'm, I know this is a very tricky question to ask, to un- ask or even to answer. Um, now, what, what do you think made these people in Antioch to be called Christians? What is it that they did that made the people to say they are Christians? Anyone? Um, if they would meet in fellowship. So when people meet in fellowship, they are called Christians. Okay? Is that so? Some are saying, not quite. <laughs> All right? That's a good answer. Anybody else? They followed Christ, but by this time, Christ was no longer physically there. I wonder. Yes, John? They spread the gospel. All right. All those three are good, good answers. What else? What, what made people to say they are Christians? Yes, Fiona. They reached out to people. All right. We're we hopefully going to reach out into our pockets as we contribute to... <laughs> to <laughs> to the Malawi project. Um, that could be another way people would say yes. They helped other people. When you help other people, people who identify you with, with Christians. They did it in Jesus' name. In other words, whatever you have said, they did it in Jesus' name. Wow. Anybody else? We had a hand this side. Yes. They followed the teachings of Jesus. Wow. So all that that we said, which I don't remember, you know, off my head, but I do remember, they followed Jesus' teachings and his word and the things that Jesus was doing. In other words, when they were called Christians, People were saying they are like mini Christs, or they are like Christ, Christ-like. In other words, they could identify 
these people in Antioch and everywhere else as they looked at what they, the nature in which they spoke, the nature in which they handled uh, tough situations, the nature in which they handled when they heard. It's quite amazing, uh, spot on today, that we will be talking of, of some of these things and we are already giving towards Malawi and that good cause with malaria, um, uh, cholera, sorry. That church in Antioch as well, we will hear when we read, they responded to the needs of others. And as they were doing these things, people said, surely they are like Christ. Now, we've got a challenge. We've got a challenge today to become the missional church. And how do we become missional? We've been talking about some of the things about being missionaries or reaching out. What are some of those things we have talked about so far? It's time to show who we're listening. <laughs> what are some of those things uh, we spoke about from the beginning of the year? We've been talking about mission work. Even last week, it was part of reaching out uh, as we were talking about Christians against poverty. Yes, I agree with that as well. Thank you for that. Good point. <laughs> uh, what are some of the things? Go. Going out. Going out to reach out to others to speak the good news of what Jesus is doing in 2023. What, what else? Ian is almost like said something that will make everyone say, that's what I wanted to say. But what else? What else? What else? Come on. We've got communion waiting for us. Building relationships. So I want you to think again about some of these things we've been thinking about concerning reaching out, to evangelize, to love people in such a way that people would say, why would he love me this way? Why would she love me this way? And that way we begin by saying, I can only love this way because of Christ that is within me and Christ that I've received. And you talk to people, strangers, in the street and in the shops, in such a way that people would say to themselves, I remember very well this, and it's one of those things we need to be proud of. I went to B&M in Stevenson, and I reached out to some people who were visiting North Asia, and they said to me, wow, you know what? Because you've talked to us, we are from, from UK somewhere else, I won't, I won't mention where, where but there where we come from people don't talk to each other this way and i said and 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 i remembered standing here in front preaching so i i i decided to be a good christian and i said you know what uh, it's not a, it's not just about asia or scotland it's about christ oh well i'm joking but i actually said yeah that's that's how we are like in north asia we love people Please feel welcome. And I said, please feel welcome to come and join our church or one of our churches. We've got a church, and I started you know, speaking about uh, 
the church everywhere in North Asia. Please, friends, let's enjoy this journey of becoming missionaries and being inspired to be Christians that share the gospel with others. Our next hymn actually says, Inspired by Love and Anger. Let's stand.
please be seated. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may your Holy Spirit give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we may know the hope of which Christ has called us into the riches of his glorious inheritance among us and the greatness of his power for those who believe. Open our eyes now as we hear your word read to us and proclaimed to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to, Jean is going to read uh, from Acts chapter 11. We're reading from verse 19 through to 30, and then Acts chapter 13 from verse 1 through to 5. Reading from verse 19 under the heading, The Church at Antioch. Some of the believers who were scattered by the persecution which took place when Stephen was killed went as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, telling the message to Jews only. But other believers, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and proclaimed the message to Gentiles also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's power was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. The news about this reached the church in Jerusalem, so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw how God had blessed the people, he was glad and urged them all to be faithful and true to the Lord with all their hearts. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he took him to Antioch, and for a whole year the two met with the people of the church and taught a large group. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. About that time, some prophets went from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and by the power of the Spirit predicted that a severe famine was about to come over all the earth. It came when Claudius was emperor. The disciples decided that each of them would send as much as he could to help their fellow believers who lived in Judea. They did this then and sent the money to the church elders by Barnabas and Saul. Continuing in chapter 13, verse 1. In the church at Antioch then, there were some prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called the Black, Lucius from Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the governor, and Saul. While they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to do the work to which I have called them. They fasted and prayed placed their hands on them, and sent them off. Having been sent by the Holy Spirit, Barnabas and Saul went to Seleucia, 
and sailed from there to the island of Cyprus. When they arrived at Salome, they preached the word of God in the synagogues. They had John Mark with them to help in the work. May God bless to us this reading from his word. Thank you very much, Jen. I wonder how you felt as a person who wants to do more for Jesus, especially when you relate how this church, this church became a mega or a mighty missional church. Could you identify with that? Were you able to relate with that? You can nod your head, at least it's not saying amen. You can nod your head if you agree or if you, you can't see it. One of the songs that speak to me is the song that says, Our God Reigns. Now, there are many, many versions of Our God Reigns when I searched on the Google and I could see quite a number of them. But I know mainly the one that has got a chorus uh, which, which keep repeating, Our God Reigns, Our God Reigns. But some of the lyrics I came across were this. Our God is great and glorious. We put our trust in your name, Jesus. You're able to save and deliver us. We put our hope in your name, Jesus. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Now the Acts of Apostles, or Acts, the book which was written, I would almost want to call it the gospel according to, 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 to Luke or something like that. It's just one of those books that shows us our God reigns. It's as if you see that, yes, Jesus is still at work and still powerful. It's as if you read through the book of Acts, you come across and you, you can't stop but hear something like this. Christ is still in charge. Christ rules. Nothing can withstand the purposes of the almighty God and that the train of the gospel is still firm and set forth and, and there's fire going on from among believers. Acts is about the triumph of King Jesus as the church now begins to spread. You may remember if you love to read your Bibles in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus was addressing his disciples before he ascended to heaven, and he said to them, wait in Jerusalem until you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you have received the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to become my witnesses right here in Jerusalem. And you start to go about spreading the gospel in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So as if you can almost see it, because Antioch is not quite in Jerusalem. It's another effect of just showing us how the gospel was moving about. Now Luke is describing the Apostle Paul as a prisoner in Rome at some place says this, he is preaching the gospel without hindrance. 
That's how, how Luke describes him. So in other words, he was saying, so the apostles find themselves in Antioch then, and it was as if they were referred to as people who could not stop preaching the gospel, who were preaching the gospel without hindrance, without allowing anything to stop them. And I want to believe that this is where we need to go back to because the same Jesus is still at work and we need to be the mighty missional church. Now, when you just look at this particular place in Antioch, the church in Antioch, you can almost say Antioch, the church in Antioch has become the mission best for the gospel. Because what you see and what we have read is giving you evidence of how from this very church people were going out and sent out, were going to other places. Support was coming from such a church as well. In somewhere else when you read, you hear this, that Antioch became the second capital city of Christianity. And I think for a moment you wonder why was it the second capital city from Jerusalem? Why was this a second capital city? And part of it is you just see the enthusiasm, the, the sense in which, in which people were eager to want to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, yes, we've read about the church in Antioch, and that's all good. The question now becomes is how do we regard ourselves as a church? What are we to learn from this very church? Is our church successful in mission? And I think I've said this when I ask the question, is our church successful in, in terms of mission, even as a church of Scotland? Are we successful? In, our, in, in, in reaching out, in a true sense, are we successful from where we find ourselves in? Are we successful in Soldkos, Adroson, and Stevenson? Are we? If we're not, what could make us successful? Now, one of the attributes, one of the things that you, you pick up from this very passage we read is this. The church in Antioch was a spiritual church. How was it a spiritual church? Let's look at how this church in Antioch was born. In verse 19 we read, Some of the believers who were scattered by the persecution which took place when Stephen was killed went as far as these places. So how was this church birthed in Antioch? It was birthed when people were running away, having seen what happened to Stephen. People were scattered all over. Not by choice, but they were actually running for their lives. And some of them ended up in Antioch, where they were actually seeking refugee for some of them and some were just hiding there. And in that 
trouble-looking or scary situation because it's only when you've seen someone die you can actually get to say, am I signing up for this? And for them, they began to talk about what they had seen and experienced of Jesus. So persecution gave birth to this church. Believers were started because of persecution. Now, when, when we look at that, maybe some of us, we begin to ask the question, oh, well, because we are not persecuted, surely we cannot reach out. And I want to suggest to you today that we are persecuted today. Not only in terms of the physical pain that we see in other places, but when we look at how as Christians we are not able to penetrate in areas or in people's lives or to even get it more closer home. You cannot share your faith among family members. Why is, why is it like that? Why is it difficult for us to share with our family members? There's a sense in which there's resistance. There's a sense in which people will tell you that why should I love this Jesus? And to some extent, some of us, we don't have answers to provide for people. Now, I want you to remember as well that at this particular time, Stephen's martyrdom was fresh in these people's minds. It was really fresh. They had seen it happen, and it was something they had seen yesterday, and yet they were geared up or encouraged to share the good news with others. In verse 21, we read this. The hand of the Lord. Some visions, the vision we read said the Lord's power was with them. And a great number of people believed and, they, and, and turned to the Lord. Now I want to emphasize this because it's important for us to remember that the hand of God, the power of God is still at our disposal today. It did not end in the book of Acts or in the first century. It did not end then. We still have the power of God at our disposal. In case you wonder how the hand of the Lord was with them, the hand of the Lord was with them as they spoke one to, Jew, to Jews and another group to Gentiles. It is as they engaged in ministry of evangelism that the hand of the Lord was upon them. It was evident as they spoke to people. Not so much about come to Kegget, we've just revamped our church. No, when they were telling people of the goodness of God, some among them were saying to Jews and Gentiles, I was sick, but now I am healed. Some were saying to them, I used to live out my life this way, but now Jesus has changed and transformed me. And because Jesus has done this to me, he could do the same to you. He can do it right now. It's not about, about me getting it to happen, but just ask, pray, and God will do wonders. It wasn't as if 
the hand of the Lord only came upon them just so that they could just communicate the good news. The hand of the Lord was with them through and through. And I want to believe today, and I want you to hear me today, Jesus and the hand of God is still with us. Luke is saying it was as they engaged in this gospel ministry of speaking to their fellow men and women about the Lord Jesus, as they engaged with evangelism, as they opened scripture to one another, Jesus was with them. In other words, whenever we read the Bible, we are told that the Bible, the word of God is the living word. It speaks now. It sometimes calls for action now. That is the gospel. I don't doubt this, and I say it without fear. The hand of the Lord will be with you when you speak to your grandchildren or those you are exposed to. The hand of the Lord will be with you. Guess what? Luke says, many were added to the Lord. Many were added to the Lord. They were added to the Lord. That's the first thing the hand of God does. It brings more souls to testify to the goodness of God. We need more people in those chairs that are empty. That was not just built for display. We need people to sit up there. I need to go back there and preach from there so that they can be feeling that I'm at the same level with them. And that's what it means to be a missional church. Now another feature that we see also in this is this, the good news of what God was doing in Antioch. It reached Jerusalem. Remember Jerusalem was there the heart of the church that was the capital of the church. It's amazing that the church in Antioch shared their stories with the church in Jerusalem. Who do we share our stories with? Do we even have something to share? Or do we, are we keeping on and holding on to the past things that we we, I've been reading about this church, reading about even the different names it had before and what used to happen and so forth. Is that what we will share? In 2023, what do we have to share with others about what God is doing? Is God doing something in our midst? In verse 23, we read this. When Barnabas arrived and saw how God had blessed the people, he was glad and urged them all to be faithful and true to the Lord with all their hearts. So Barnabas, who was sent from the church in Jerusalem, came to Antioch as a man who was full of the spirit, we are told, he was sent as an encourager to this new church in Antioch, 
And what does he see? God at work among them. And he actually witnessed God at work in Antioch. And then, of course, he, he started to do something himself. He started to teach the people as well, spiritual teaching. He started to lead people and tell people and remind people to remain faithful to this God. And I, I, I love what I say here. He didn't just end there. Barnabas came and he experienced God there. And he said, no, 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 no. We need to call more people. And what does he do? He calls Paul. So in, in verses 25 to 26, Paul joins. He comes along. He's coming to see and witness what God is doing. You know, one of the things that we do when we change pulpits or pulpit swap, the idea is not just for people to see how bad uh, your minister is when they receive him there. And for, for, for that minister to come and shine here, that's not the point. The point is for other people to go and see and witness the goodness of God and also begin to speak and say, oh, just like what I experienced when I went to Park Church and I experienced the goodness of God there. And I was able to speak about it with other people. So that is the point of pulpit swaps. But there's also more to that. You'd understand that that means Barnabas was an encourager. He could go so far in terms of encouraging the church. But Paul was a teacher. He also came with different gifts. And we are also told that there were prophets that came. And I hope and trust that you understand this as a church. When you saying your minister at some point is going to happen, because I do read the Bible, it's going to happen that I will pray to God together with elders and we will say, let's bring a different gift so that we, it can edify us as a church. So the point is, it won't be then that, oh, your minister is lazy or something like that. The idea would be a different gift, gift would come and it will edify the body of Christ. So Paul comes in and he, 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 he comes in and he taught them different things. And then, of course, we know that this is when they were first called Christians. And that's the third point I want you to think about. The name Christians. You notice the first thing that saw us when he came back at Antioch, a year of teaching. Barnabas and Saul spent a year teaching in Antioch. Now you know what's coming. You can draw the application from this. You can see it because I think Luke is saying to us, you know, in one sense, you would understand that Barnabas might bring Saul to Tarsus back in order for him to elaborate 
certain things for this church to bring some kind of programs that's why we had last week last week was a a, a week in which we reflected on what other things we could do as a church and we were we were immersed thinking about christians against poverty So different preachers, different people will come and they will do something. Next week, you've got someone else coming. And he's going to share again the heart of Paul as a missionary. And, and, and we learn something from that. And when we have learned something, we will apply it. We will wrestle with it in Bible studies and in prayer groups. And God is speaking to us. And we hid God's word in our hearts and we say God so what are you saying to us and of course we know that Paul's coming meant something else in terms of how they could perceive certain things Paul came and he, he, he taught them among other things he was teaching them how Jews and Gentiles could relate with one another and there's a place for that and as a result of this teaching, and as a result, not just of the teaching, but as a result of what this teaching did for them and what God continued to do for them, they started to look on the outside. They were not only thinking about, let's add numbers and so forth and so forth. When numbers were added upon them, they started to say, how can we make a difference in other people's lives? Now, I love the idea that we as a church already think of others. We already go beyond us now before our church is full. But it's interesting, did you see that it's not them who are calling themselves we are Christians? One of the things that I've had to learn as a person was not to proclaim my office when I speak to people. Because it's very easy when I say, oh, I'm the minister of Kegan Parish Church, for people to begin to say, oh, oh, you, oh, oh, you know that feeling? But sometimes when people talk about, what do you do? I will dodge and dodge and dodge and dodge. And then after some time, for some, after six months, they can, they can then turn to me and say, no wonder why. And I have never mentioned church to them. They say, no wonder why. You know, when you were speaking about this and that and that, and they start to connect the dots. But one of our challenges as a church is we are reaching out. The first thing that we make a mistake with is we start saying, oh, I am from that church at the corner. And then we have started to miss people. Get in and talk to people about life. And as they talk about life, you don't just say then <clears throat> let's pray no you're praying inside and god does the wonderful things have you ever prayed for someone before they and then afterwards they tell you that oh wow god has done something as you were just oh, sorry this is out of the question but as you were as we were talking i was struggling with something i had a headache but now I feel better. I just thought I would say that to you. But anyway, let's talk. And you are a Christian. How do you feel? 
you would feel pumped up and you would come back on the next Sunday and you say, Nigel, other people, Mima, Elizabeth, God is at work. That's what it means to be missional. Other people started saying these words, the way they act, the way they care, looks like Jesus. Isn't that something that we need for 2023? That people would identify us with Jesus. Not so much with this building. It's good. It's good to be identified with the Church of Scotland. But more than anything, if we could be identified with Jesus. I've heard and read stories about people who went about and they came back, especially young people who came about and said, Mom, I met Jesus today. And the mom and dad were interested and they said, what happened? And they said, Jesus gave me food. And then, of course, the parents would understand a different story. But for a child or for an adult that you relate with to come back saying, I met Jesus today at Asda. I met Jesus today in Lidu. I met Jesus today in this and that. Why? Because of what you have done and something. Even before you say Jesus is all-powerful. That's what mission does. And this 27 and 28, about that time, some prophets went from Jerusalem to Antioch. Do you see something? There's something amazing about this major and lovely church in Antioch that makes other, the church in Jerusalem want to favor them a lot. So we're told they're sending prophets now. One of them named Agabus stood up and by the power of the Holy Spirit predicted that a severe famine was about to come over all the earth. And we know that from reading the Bible, we know that the, the famine only come, came later on. But guess what happened? What did the church in Antioch do when they heard that prophecy? They started to share. Do you know what happened when during the first few months of COVID, when people heard that Oh, things are going to run out in shops. People were grabbing for themselves. And I remember at one point someone coming to me and said, hey, you better run to Lido and get some tissue. Because tissue paper, there was one when I, when I went in. And people were grabbing things for themselves. What a, an interesting time. For the church in Antioch, they were so generous. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I find, find very encouraging and interesting is this. When you start to give because God has given you, and you start to give not because you've got, but because you love, and because you have heard of how others are doing, and you start to give, this church started to give to other churches. Even when they were told that famine is coming, they were not stingy. They started to share. So here is another strategy that would help us out and about to give 
Give time to others. Give help to others. Give money to those in need of money. And God will do wonders. And when God has done wonders, we will together stand as a church and say, God is at work. In chapter 13, we're told that it was a serving church. They did not just sit around. They were serving others. A church with gifted teachers. The leaders ministered to the Lord and to one another, teaching the word together. And you know, when, when, when we have got the mission, missional heart that is spoken about here, we'll start to meet in groups of fives and sixes and eights and tens and we start to do things we start to plan things and to, to concern ourselves about other people's business and to do the best for others that's another thing that makes the the missionary being being missional all about developing new converts and and talking to them and and of course on a different day i'll talk about fasting and praying. But these are some of the features that are important. And then our hearts will be opened to the leading of the Lord. Because sometimes we don't get to involve ourselves in things because we're missing the point. Or oh, what does it help? In this day and age, time is important. In this day and age, you need to be very clever. Or you need to watch how you manage your fun, funds or your finances. Or you need to, to, to watch who you invite in your homes. Or you need to take care. You, you might end up speaking to the wrong person. That's what people say and that's what the world say. But as Christians, these are some of the things that would make us different from others when we actually devote ourselves to God and God begins to do wonders. Oh, this was a sending church. They were sending missionaries. They were sending people out. And I want to encourage you as a church today. We are going to be empowered as we have communion together. But we are not being empowered so that we've got the energy to just walk back home. It's the energy to reach out. The church in Antioch send out leaders, send out people to reach out. People with gifts. The next question would be, do we know our gifts? Do we know what we are good at? Are we just good at inviting people to come for social events in this church? Is that all we can do? Are we good at fundraising? Fundraising is good. Um, don't get me wrong. But can we not share? It's in sharing that we get to hear somebody is very good at this. And then we say, we need someone technical and so forth and so forth and so forth. So this church in Antioch was a sending church, was a praying church. It was a spiritual church. Even other people called them Christians. They obeyed. God's choice of leaders and even what God was doing with them. Sometimes difficult for churches to send out others 
We are, a, we are sometimes so good at gathering together. Sometimes we are so good at just knowing we are so good at certain things and it ends there. Oh, the church of God, the church of God. We need to call more churches to take seats there. Let me close. In a church like Antioch, you can understand they needed to be called by a new name because something, something new about them, a fresh and exciting, wonderful, Christ-like identity they were displaying to all people. They were loving people, big-hearted people, and the other people called them Christians. Each church should be really good, including us, at being missional churches. Each church should be sending out. And today, all those who are here who are listening, or those who are listening from home, here is a challenge. Are we willing to become a missional church? A church that goes out. That's the challenge for us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We stand to sing together, moved by the gospel. Let us move.
be seated. Let us pray. God of all goodness, accept the gifts we bring. Use them and us for your glory and the work of your church through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray once more for your church and for its ministry to the world. May it be a source of love, a source of hope and comfort, compassion and challenge and inspiration. May your followers in every place find the faith and courage and vision and commitment to live as missional people, reaching out to the poor and to the humble in spirit, merciful in attitude, pure in heart, hungry for peace and thirst for righteousness. And so as individuals and together, may your church testify to your redeeming love and renewing power, speaking through the word and deed of your care for all, your desire for justice and your willingness to show mercy. We pray for those who feel they have failed you, burdened by a sense of guilt and ashamed of their faithlessness, and convinced that their mistakes can never be forgiven. Assure them of your mercy, your constant willingness to help us start again. Lord, reach out to them. We pray for those unsure of what you would have done, them done, do, certain that you have called them and yet unclear as to the way you would use their gifts or which avenue of service you want them to pursue. Lord, speak your word and help them to clarify things, everything that is not clear to be clear. Father, we pray for those who are not well in our midst, and we pray that, Lord Almighty, you touch them and make your face to shine upon them. May you heal them, and may they know of your love and know of your healing. We think of those entrusted with full-time pastoral responsibility within our church, our pastoral care team, our leaders, our elders. We think of all those who work in hospitals and hospices, in some industries that have to be open every day, some in the armed forces, some in the sporting world, education, some in mission, offering their skills abroad and locally. We think of those individuals. We think of our farmers. We think of those who are seeking to express their faith through caring words and deeds, and they are failing. Support them in their work and show love to them. You are a God of love. Thank you for all who minister to the needs of others. Inspire us through their example, through their perseverance. Enrich each lives and many lives through service and through Jesus Christ. Amen. We read in the scriptures that the gracious invitation of our Lord to come to his table. And we remember his words. The son of man who came to seek and to save the lost, 
the Son of God who gave his life a ransom for us. In this same scripture, the Apostle Paul warns us to examine ourselves before partaking the Lord's Supper. The blessing of and from the table is only beneficial to those who are sincere in heart and in spirit, those who repent and will come to Christ no matter what. As the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common use to this holy use and mystery. And as he gave thanks and blessed the elements, we draw near to God as we prepare to pray. We stand together to sing our hymn, Ye Gaze.
Please be seated. Let us pray. Eternal God, the whole earth is full of your glory. We therefore come to praise, bless, and adore you. We give thanks for Jesus who came to raise each and every one of us to restore our image upon us where we may reflect the glory and eternal unchanging God. We thank you for the life of Jesus as recorded in the scriptures, for the prophecies that foretold of his life of hardship, for his perfect example, for his death upon the cross, for his resurrection from the grave, for his ascension to thy right hand, and for his sending of the Holy Spirit who comes to deepen us in the love of Christ. As we gather together at this table, we thank you especially for Christ's death on the cross, for taking upon himself the punishment which was due to us for all our sins. Truly, he is the perfect lamb of God, the lamb without spot or blemish, the lamb slain for us, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. At your invitation and command, we present ourselves at this table to remember him and to witness before the world that we have been justified, we have been forgiven, we have been redeemed, and we have received eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, This is a new covenant sealed in my blood. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this wine, you proclaim anew, afresh, the death and the resurrection of Jesus until he comes again. <clears throat> Take it. This is the body of Christ which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of him.
Let us pray. God our Father, we thank you for permitting us to take part in your holy mysteries. Though the working of your Holy Spirit may, may we continue to see it, experience it, even if and when it tends to frighten us sometimes. Give us the freedom and help us to live with each other and to understand you and to experience you. May the strength of Christ lead us in our living through whatever is of joy and even in those times of sorrow. To Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be glory, praise forever. Amen. We join our voices to sing our closing hymn, We Have Heard a Joyful Sound. You've come in faith, go now in peace. You've received from the Lord's hand, go now to give in his name. You've eaten bread and drank wine, go now and share in love. You have proclaimed the Lord's death, go now and make known his life. The supper is ended, but the journey continues. Go then with confidence, 
the blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.